Hello, and welcome to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network, where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. My name is Melanie, and today I'm sharing a conversation with London Angel Winters. London is the author of the book, The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love, which she co-wrote with her partner, Justin Patrick Pierce. I had a lovely time speaking with London and gathering her insights on the masculine and feminine or the alpha and omega as she refers to them, polarities, wholeness, and how to stay in presence when things get difficult in relationships. I hope that you will enjoy our conversation Please do remember to go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com where you'll find links to London's website and also feel free to make a donation there to support not only the Shakti Hour, but all the podcasts and offerings from the Be Here Now Network. You can also go to my Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Shakti Hour and become a patron to receive special content and monthly rewards. I'm really excited to be getting back to podcasting. I took a little mid-winter break and now have uh, lots of of interviews stockpiled and and ready for you uh, to come out over the coming weeks, including uh, one upcoming with Lama Siltram Alioni regarding her new book, Wisdom Rising, and several others digging deeper and into this exploration of the divine feminine in all her forms. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I'm here today with London Angel Winters, and I'm here very excited to speak with her just days before her latest book is released. It's called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. And I had the opportunity to read an advanced copy, and you will be very excited to get your own copy of this because it's written so clearly. Mm. You know, it really feels like uh, I was in conversation with you in reading Mm. it, you know? Mm, Thank you. Yeah. That's great feedback. Yeah. And so I know this is, uh, you know, this is not your first book and that this is work that you've been doing for many, many years, but maybe you could give the listeners a little overview of what got you to this point of, of writing this book. Mm. A whole life journey got me to the point of writing this book. As I talk about in the book, my story was one of really developing my liberation as a modern woman. Um, I had lots of achievements, you know, I had achieved financial freedom, won an Emmy, won, I was a champion figure competitor, you know, in physique contests. And I was really out there enjoying the fact that I could do anything I wanted in, in a man's world and be really successful. And I was loving that, but I was pretty unmet in love. I was very unmet and I would date. It wasn't like I wasn't participating with men, but I just didn't feel cherished 
I didn't feel adored. I did not feel protected. I didn't feel like anyone was really showing up for me. And I didn't understand why. And it was very perplexing to me to have the Midas touch of manifestation in every other area and then feel so unlucky in love. And there was a point in my life I had yet another achievement, proven my ability to manifest. And I was kind of unfulfilled. And I was like, I'm at the end of this road. And I decided to dedicate myself to unlocking the trick, the secrets, the magic behind calling in deep love. And what I ended up discovering, which is very appropriate to the theme of your podcast, is that all of the tools and techniques and developments and cultivations I was using to create success were counter to what it is to call in deep love. Hmm. In fact, backfiring, repelling hmm. love. And so having that awakening and working with many, many, many teachers along the path, what I learned how to do was cultivate the art of surrender, hmm. which is very different than the skill you cultivate to win an Emmy. And when I started to learn the difference between surrender and doing between the masculine and the feminine energies. And I started to develop the left-hand path as much as the right-hand path. That's when everything fell into place and I've been practicing those skills for about a decade. And this book really sums up the whole journey and the awakenings I had and the knowledge base I gained and then explains how I have lived it in relationship now for a very long time. Hmm. Yeah, the book has a directive to breathe throughout it, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's just perfect, really, because you're going through and it's true, that mindset, that achievement mindset, that, that okay, fine, okay, got it, got it, got it, I want to get, so then how do I get the how do I get the guy? All right. So, all right, all right, all right. Presence. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and so in the book, you've actually put that in there for us to practice along the way. All right. Breathe. Did you really read what I just wrote? You know, <laughs> are you taking this in? Are you being present with it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also relationship cuts deep because hmm. it's so emotional. When we tap into the feminine heart, she's yearning. Mm. And when we think about wanting to feel met, that's a need that's been running since we were babies and we looked into our mother's eyes. Mm. So we're working with some of the most basic human desires and needs. Mm. And I really wanted people to feel compassionate towards themselves as they read the book. You know, when I first discovered some of these concepts, I wasn't compassionate to myself. And I, I decided my masculine side was wrong, you know, and I threw it out like the baby with the bathwater. And then that was a lesson unto itself because my masculine side is beautiful. And as you probably read in the book, it, it now serves my man. Hmm. I brought it back. I brought it back with cultivation instead of unconsciousness. So 
I also really wanted the book to feel loving, hmm. you know, as you have these awarenesses to forgive yourself for the times you didn't. Hmm. And so when you got to that point where you had this, this host of achievements, um, and then you were ready to turn, where did you turn? Hmm. Because it sounds to me like there was still the, the achieve, achieving mind was still driving that. Well, wait, now I haven't conquered this. I haven't got this. So you turned. And so then what, did, what was that first turn like for you? Such a great question. If you think about the way you hold your body when you're achieving something, and you think about the way you're breathing, the way you're using your mind, the way your eyesight is working, the way your posture is, what are the qualities of achieving? Like if you were to think about your most productive day when you, when you returned every last email, you mm. wrote your newsletter, mm. you, know, you did all your stuff, like how is your body in that moment if you had to describe what that feels like? Yeah, it's upright, it's a forward, it's rigid, more rigid, mm -hmm. you know? Yep, like focused, directed, yeah. like you're mm -hmm. taking all of your Shakti and you're putting it through like a forward-facing directive tube, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're literally focusing your consciousness in a, in a direction. Mm -hmm. When you do that on a date, you compete for the with the man for the leading role. Hmm. Therefore, you end up either attracting men who want to be taken care of by you and led by you, or you sort of like butt heads with the guy who actually would want to lead you and hmm. take care and protect and cherish you. Hmm. So what I really figured out was everything I do to boot up and press myself into the world was the thing that was attracting men who felt really mushy to me hmm. or they couldn't be their word. They weren't, they didn't have integrity. They were wishy-washy, you know? And what I found out is when you understand your own body and energetics, you can turn that forward movement into receptive movement. You could sink into your back line. Hmm. Like she did that right now. And you just, Oh, like there's the back line, like there's the back of my heart. There's my sacrum. There's my breath. There's my softened belly. Mm. I'm going to let my eyes soften. Mm. You know, I'm going to let my third eye relax. And now, what do you feel in your body? A, a deeper presence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now if you were sitting in front of an incredible man, mm. could you receive him better? Well, that's the question. That's been your experience. That's that's what your your teaching is. And exactly. and um I guess the 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 I don't know what to call it, the previous indoctrination I'm, I'm thinking of like the 50s indoctrination of that and yes. that that was it was a mechanical it was a 
it was outside in, it wasn't inside out. So what you're describing is my power being and my body being moved in ways that are, how how would you say it? It's are receptive and, and active or how do you say it? Like masculine, feminine, are you saying surrendered and focused or how do you describe those polarities? Mm-hmm. I personally had to throw out the words masculine and feminine because if I said something like I'm moving into my masculine energy, it suddenly had, you know, <laughs> the collective like failed woman, you know, like these ideas mm. of like the straight from the 1950s, but that's not lovable. Mm. And then if I went into my feminine energy, that had connotations like being powerless or being fakely demure. You know, I have opinions, you know, I'm a, I'm a fully loaded, fiery woman. Right. I don't want to have to like be seen, not heard. Right. So my partner and I, a big part of this book is describing our journey of throwing out masculine and feminine. We don't use those terms anymore. I use them in interviews sometimes because people understand what I'm talking about. But in my life, I don't use them. I use the words alpha and omega. Alpha being the more masculine cultivations, focus, clarity, consciousness, awareness, Mm. the diamond mind of clarity. Mm. When you are the witness, when you can transcend a moment and be great holding space for another. Omega being the traditionally feminine energies. When you are creation herself, you're Gaia. You're not thinking about anything because you're being it. It's like Shakti is welling up in your body and pouring through your fingertips and your eyelashes and your heart is beaming out and you're not transcending the moment. You are the moment and you are the moment of the flowing of love. And both of these energies are so beautiful in their cultivations. And I ultimately got to the place where I wanted to be in both. And I wanted to learn how to bring whichever one served the moment and my partner the best. Hmm. And that really cleared up that whole 1950s thing for me because there was no performing or dumbing myself down. There was becoming an artist of the moment and an artist of love. Hmm. And so how, how much of that you know, like how much of that is to the individual in the in the relationship? In that, as from a spiritual point of view, you know, my teacher, Ram Das, our directive is, you know, to love everyone and tell the truth. So, mm-hmm. so if I'm in that artistic, I love how you just said that, that the artist, I don't know exactly how you said it, but I love how you said it, the, that artistic <laughs> dance with with another person well, that's with every person so in terms of getting in terms of the the romance how much of that is up to finding the right a person who has the right balance of that alpha and omega to work with your balance of that and how much of that is it just we really are cultivating that experience within ourselves oh man these are such great questions I want to distinguish between 
an intimate relationship, what I call sacred relationship. It's a sexual relationship with a partner that you're committed with growing versus platonic relationships, um, family, friends, colleagues, um, everyone. When you're in the more platonic family, friend relationship, there's not a need for sexual charge. There's a need for oneness. You are me, I am you, we are in the unified field. And that's the, that's, that's realization, right? That Mm. people can spend their whole lives realizing that place. And it's so powerful when you do, because that's when your awakening really begins to happen. Mm. And that comes from being a whole being equal alpha Mm. omega and recognizing another whole being equal alpha and omega and honoring and respecting the field between you as sacred. That is very distinct than the intimate occasion when you want to have great sex. Hmm. When you want to have a very passionate, gorgeously juicy, sexual, like sacred relationship with your man or, you know, same sex partner either way. The sexual charge comes from that word known as polarity, which means opposites. And it's physics, right? Opposites attract, plus magnet, minus magnet, pulls each other together. So when you're looking at the nature of polarity, you're coming from being, you're each whole into yourself. You're each in the unified field. And you make a choice in the moment that you come together to literally relinquish one half of your embodiment. So for example, if you wanted to be Omega and the feminine, you would relinquish the part of you that is very cultivated in alpha. You would, you would literally evacuate that pole so that he could fully inhabit it. He relinquishes the Omega parts of him so that you fully inhabit it. Both of you are now standing there as half of a whole. And it is inside that void that the powerful urge to combine comes from. When it's done unconsciously, it's destructive, it's pathetic, it's needy, it's Mm. weakness, it's not knowing yourself, it's not knowing wholeness. Mm. It's actually spiritually asleep. What makes this special is when you do it from choice. You are whole in your solo practice. You are one. You're one with yourself. You're one with the divine. But from that wholeness and from that intensively aware cultivation, you also know how to give up that one half of the pole and offer him the ability to take it. And he gives up that one half of the pole and offers you the ability to take it. And that creates a need, sexual desire. Mm. Because when the two of you, as those two halves come together, you're two bodies knowing each other as one. Mm. And that is the ultimate of lovemaking is both of you are offering something so artistically, so intentionally, so Mm. beautifully And when those merge, there's that feeling of, oh my gosh, like I'm, it's sexual ecstasy. It's knowing yourself as one again through another. 
And that's intensely vulnerable because your man's going to have his good days and bad days. Some days you're going to want to combine. Some days you're not. (laughs) You're going to have your good days and bad days. And the thing that's so beautiful about this information is that you can move in and out of your own wholeness through intention. The other thing that's so beautiful about this information is if you are in a relationship and you suddenly feel like roommates, you get along great, everything's functionally perfect, but you haven't felt like having sex in a decade, you're like, oh, it's because we're two whole beings constantly meeting in wholeness. Therefore, there's no polarity. There's, there's no opposites happening. It's same meets same, neutral meets neutral. Mm. Neutral is a beautiful spiritual concept because you are without need. It's a, it's a form of enlightenment. Hmm. Um, but in sacred relationship, you give up neutral for the sake of something bigger. Hmm. Neither is better than the other. It's just another choice. In, a couple of things that came up in that. One, can you speak a bit more about intention and how, how you work with intention or what intention is in that surrender in that moment of shifting polarities yes my intention in sacred relationship is to be the leader of love to be an artist of love Mm. so what i'm doing is i have full awareness of my own energy kind of what i talked about at the beginning of the interview like if i'm in a penetrating energy i'm in alpha Mm. and if i'm I'm resting in my back line and Mm. receiving i'm in omega when I'm intentional, so there's one is just awareness, like knowing which one you're in in any moment. But then once you have awareness mastered, you can become intentional. So let's say my man is really having a rough time. Let's say he's falling into self-doubt, uh, fear. He's, he's kind of not having a good moment. And it would really serve him to come back into his own alpha you know, where he's clear again and he feels confident again and he's ready to sort of forward movement again. If he was resting into sort of confusion, if I came in with clarity and confidence, which pole am I occupying? Right, the alpha. Alpha. Mm -hmm. So which pole am I going to push him into? Right, into the other. Omega, Right. So I could come to him and start coaching him. So I take my diamond mind of clarity and I tell him, well, this is what you need to do to get your career back on track. And da, 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 da. Or I even in a beautiful way, coach him like I would my clients. So, you know, ask him the right questions and really provide good mm-hmm. guidance. But I'm still being alpha. So I'm still pushing him into omega. And omega is the realm of just being in the moment unclear. Right. Just in pleasure, in in those kind of realms, if I'm intentional, I go, he actually needs to refine his own alpha. So what I would do is instead of bringing my alpha clarity and my coaching, I would bring my omega qualities of love and nurturing and belief in him. I would relax my body and I would maybe um, sort of move around him in a way that kind of puts him back into his straight spine. You know, my spine goes soft. His spine Hmm. naturally polarizes into something straighter. My love 
and my my warm light in my heart naturally polarizes him into that more fierce heart. Hmm. Now he's back in he's back on track and not because of my coaching of him, but because I polarized him back into alpha. <laughs> we have these moments all the time and it is so beautiful because it's so loving. Yeah. It's so loving and He's now back in Alpha. He finds his confidence again, and he just looks at me and goes, oh, I know exactly what to do. And then he moves on with his day, and I've just given him that gift through the way I held my body and my energy alone. Very little to do with what I said. Right. So, okay, great. So, and then I want to to follow up on the, on the concept of wholeness, because you, you know, this... You're talking about the decade of, of no sex and you have two whole people and here's the, the problem. Now we are coached, not by you at this moment, but by many others for years and years <laughs> that whole, we have to whole and you have to be independent and you have to be able to take care of yourself and you need to be, you know, a whole person will not, will attract a whole person and this is what you want. Now, now you're offering us another perception on wholeness, but maybe you can flesh that out a little bit. Like what is wholeness and to, to you and in terms of what we're talking about today? My question or my inquiry statement sort of inquiry would be what comes after wholeness? So most hmm. people need to develop wholeness. Like we look at the average high schooler in relationship they could use a little wholeness, right? <laughs> Maybe they're obsessively looking at their phone on when he's going to text again, or they're having sex before they want to, so they don't lose him, or they're desperate for love. You, you need wholeness when you're not whole. You need wholeness. And so we spend a lot of our time developing wholeness, and that's a journey unto itself. But what happens after wholeness? Most people haven't thought about that. Once you are whole... Once you know yourself as love, once you have that connection to the divine that no one and nothing could take away from you, it's not about staying there and then trying to be in a sexual relationship from there. It's about you meet another person who also knows how to be whole, and then the two of you begin doing art together, mm-hmm. giving up an aspect of wholeness for the mm-hmm. sake of having each other become whole two bodies merging as one. That's where we also bring back intention. When you're, when you're doing the two body practice from need, i.e. I'm empty, you fill me. There's nothing beautiful about that. And it leads to hostility and desperation and compromising of self. Um, It leads to a lot of really ugly things. When you have two people who know how to be whole and voluntarily surrender some of their wholeness to no wholeness together as two bodies merging as one, that's pure art. Hmm. I don't have to give up part of myself, but I choose to so that we can do this dance together. And when the dance is inappropriate, like you go on a business trip, I return to wholeness because I am a powerful woman. I'm not weak. I'm doing this intentionally. Right. Right. 
Right. And that is a shift of identifying with the individual power. Yeah. Yes. And it only comes from power because dependency comes from not power. Art comes from power. I love I love putting a dependency and art on the on the spectrum with each other. <laughs> I, I want to come back to this other idea that you bring up really right at the beginning of the book about about being present. And so you you shared that example of how you're present for your partner when he is is in a mode and you can be present to that. But some of the examples you shared in the beginning of the book have to do with remaining present when someone isn't responding to you, mm. remaining present when things aren't necessarily going as you want them to. Can you speak to that and how that um, plays out? Yes. Such a great question because love is not easy because most of the time we feel like we're not getting the love we want. Most of the time, even when we're highly spiritually developed, put, our, put ourselves in the ring with another person and it's like, your practice isn't up to par, you know, or you're, you know, we're, I'm trying to meet you for coffee and you can't get off your phone and that hurts, you know, you could have the most incredible man on in the world and he's still going to have bad days where he ignores you and gives you crappy presents. And that hurts. And there's two ways to approach that hurt. One is to pretend it doesn't exist, shut down around it, or in any way avoid that moment, the truth of that moment for you. And a lot of people who pride themselves on being whole would not want to feel the hurt because they, they don't want to lay their trip on another person. You know, like, I should be okay. I, I can take care of myself right now. Another way to approach that hurt is to let it tenderize you and to be totally real with it. Ouch. And let yourself feel the ouch and let him see the ouch. And when you do let him see the truth of your heart in that moment, you awaken presence. Because what awakens presence is the piercing truth of the moment. So in the first example of either pretending it's not happening, shutting down, collapsing, or going self-sufficient, you begin to self-soothe in a way. And whatever your coping mechanism is, you'll use. Mm -hmm. like, but when you self-soothe, you're essentially giving up on him mm -hmm. and giving him a free ticket to be not present. But if you're in sacred relationship and you're on a date, that's kind of like a contract to show up, right? Hmm. You don't have to show up all the time, but when you're sitting in front of each other, that's a pretty good time to show up. So if you choose the door B and you let yourself feel the pain of that, you let yourself stay tender in that and feel the, the wanting of his presence, and then you literally show him without defense, without blame, just like, ouch, this really hurts when you're sitting here on your phone in front of me, you give him the opportunity to wake up to more presence. And this is where you become his oracle. This is where you help him become a better man. And what it takes to do that is to feel the sting of unlove. Hmm. And that's hard. 
and to remain hard. present and you know and from a spiritual point of view that's what we're doing with our hearts as we're moving deeper and deeper into our own selves and our own paths is that staying staying present to what's happening you know what's happening how am i feeling right now staying present to it and and uh that is real difficult in relationship it's the hardest because you said the self-soothing and also just habit habits hollering out cutting comments shutting (laughs) down completely childish throwing of fits um you know and i'm saying i'm sharing these things now you know in relationship to intimate relationship but also you know personally i've had those experiences on in in my internal relationship with spirit with source where when i'm being asked to see something or endure something or confront something or to show up for something that i want to those are the same reactions that i'll have in that moment with with god or with you know with the one so i love that you just said that (laughs) i love that you just said that because one of the most profound things i've realized Mm -hmm. is the act of showing up to sacred relationship with a partner on the physical plane Mm -hmm. teaches you so much about the act of being in relationship with the divine really truly feeling worthy of the light staying turned towards the light even when it's hard like you just said um putting the masks down and like showing up before source as you really are like humble vulnerable true to your own pain and then letting source meet you there everything every skill i've ever developed in this you know, decade-long journey into sacred relationship has made profound shifts in my ability to be in sacred love with source, hmm. to show up and do my part. And my part is literally just to show up, and then <laughs> that profound love does the rest, right? But, right. you know, I notice um, when I go into my own shame or when I go into my own unworthiness or whatever, those are the moments I separate from the light. Hmm. I'm doing it to myself. Hmm. Just like if my man was at a date texting someone else, if I shut down, I'm taking myself out of the game. Right. We're always the one taking ourselves out of the game. And what this path teaches us is how to stay open-hearted, soft, and available I mean, honestly, by the end of the book, I'm inviting women to do it no matter what. Yeah. Because we have nothing to lose. Right. So so speak a little bit more about that, because as you know, just as you were sharing that, you, you sat up, you know, more upright in your chair and your heart was open and your chest was forward. And so in that, I can sense that that is in the omega energy, but there's an alpha movement. There's yeah. a, what is the alpha movement behind that omega energy? What would you say that that is? Is it courage? Is it, um, what, what, what is I, it? I would say what you're seeing isn't the alpha movement as mm. it is the Kundalini awakening. Like mm. what you saw in me mm. was 
that devotion that I feel for source, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's devotion, it's devotional worship and love. And because of my practice, I have removed all of the crap in my central core that blocks that. Hmm. And so when I begin to speak of it, what you're seeing is me literally light up in what I call my love body, that inner hmm. meridian becomes so full of that serpentine love light, you know, just ecstatic rapture mm -hmm. that it shoots my body up almost like it would in a full body orgasm. Like if mm -hmm. a man really, really, <laughs> you know, offers you something and then your whole body just becomes taken, mm -hmm. it's the surrender of Omega. And that's the whole, that's what I love about Omega is there's nothing weak about Omega. Mm -hmm. There's nothing weak about the feminine in its full force. In its full force, the feminine looks as majestic as alpha, hmm. but it's because she's surrendered to the literal sword of the divine shooting her straight into the sky. Right. To being penetrated so really, by the divine, penetrated by source. Right. Yes. From, from the bottoms of your feet to the tip of your head. And that's what you just saw was that, that, that sort of like energy just shot me up. Right. So it was com so it was coming from within. So yeah. so let's go. So this is interesting. So when you were talking about that, I was having this Im image of of like Anandamaya Ma, you know, wandering, wandering, you know, the streets of of India, and there's stories about how she was so electric that you know you could get a shock from touching her. You know, she just this this idea, but th th so these are the women saints, right? Lost in yeah. in love, lost in devotion, wandering about. You know, uh, here in the Western world, it's called hysteria. From the <laughs> east, you know, it's 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 allowed this space to to be intoxicated by that love by that devotion i love that you said that was devotion so let's talk a little bit about about that about these kind of role models for that level of surrender and in the spiritual world and 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 elsewhere for women well one thing i loved about what you told me this podcast is about is the inquiry of is the spiritual pursuit and some of the practices, could they be different for men or women? Or are they? Or what are some of those distinctions? And so the truth is, we're all whole beings, and we have Alpha and Omega, and whichever one we're developing is the one we're cultivating. So if I sit in no mind, um, structured body, you know, structured by my choosing, um, I'm going to be working on my Alpha side. There are times that that's very helpful for me when I need that transcendent witness, when I need to rise out of the moment, you know, and get clarity, I will do alpha practice. But what I love about your inquiry is what's possible when we begin going down the omega path to enlightenment. And, you know, what I found is both places end in samadhi. It's just two different doorways. Mm -hmm. So when you start going down the omega path, what you start to do is sensitize your body. You become the moment. Mm -hmm. You learn how to stop defending against the moment. Mm -hmm. And you begin to allow 
life itself to penetrate you, consciousness as life coming through form, your form, other forms, sights, smells, tastes, uh, sensations, and you literally find enlightenment through the filling of yourself with light. Mm. Ultimately, when you fill so much with all of that magic, your spine is as straight as the Buddhist monk, right? Mm -hmm. Your body is as electric like the saints because there's no barrier between you and creation herself. Mm. And all you become is a channel for that. And it's like, I mean, my daily practice is to find that place. And on the times that I, I tiptoe near it, there's no difference between me and it. I am it. And so I'm nourished simultaneously and overflowing as it. In other words, I am the fruit tree. I am, I am being fed by the earth. There's sap and minerals pouring through me. And those, all of that light that I'm becoming seeped in is creating fruit out of my hands. And then others benefit from that fruit. And I really believe that pleasure in the omega realm is enlightenment. It takes a lot to feel pleasure. It takes you turning off your rat brain, turning off your identification with the ego, you know, you have to really use a lot of focus to focus on pleasure. Hmm. So it's as much work as the alpha path. And it ends you in the same oneness as the alpha path, but you go through a different doorway, which is instead of, instead of lifting out of the body, transcending the body, you allow the body to saturate so fully in love light, in the truth that the body removes all of the lower vibrations of separation. Hmm. And I, I really think that in 10 years, we're going to see women blowing the doors open on this. Like women are going to become committed to this path and we're going to see brand new bodies of work coming out of this, like brand hmm. new practices, you know, hmm. women's intuition, the power of the cervix and the womb and, hmm. and the potential of creation. I, I really believe that in, I don't know, 10 years, definitely 20, there's just going to be entire bodies of work on how to go through the Omega door and find profound levels of connection. Right. And, the, and as, and as you're, you're, you're talking about it further, it's both, as you said, both are taking us to the same destination, different routes to get there. And that this this wisdom, that this omega path wisdom is coming out now, is um, super exciting. And it's a tiny bit confusing. In in per personally, as I feel that I've held that for my whole life and had accommodated this other path and and it, it's a it's a bit of a moment of of a seat of witnessing this and deciding how to re-engage which i think is a lot of what you your work 
is about. You know, back to that question I asked you earlier about what happened when you got to this place and then you decided to look inward and and explore this other area of your life. It was it was a giant paradigm shift. Yeah. I mean it was it and you lose identity in a big way because there's lots of things about the alpha path that provide a structure you can count on. And in the omega path you're you're in the fluid reality. You're in the intuitive <laughs> path. You're like for example, if alpha is the hawk looking at the trees and knows exactly the boundaries of the forest, omega you are the tree. And so you look around and you have no perspective, but you do have one thing. You take a step to the right and your womb space says yes. You take a, take a step to the left mm. and your womb space says no. Mm. And if you're doing the omega path, you have to give up the need to see the forest and you have to begin tuning to the deep listening of your intuition that always knows yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And you begin to... This is where surrender comes in. Your, your brain and your ego are not going to be able to guarantee a formula of success, but your heart and your womb are going to always tell you on track, off track, on track, off track. It's like a tracker in the forest who's following a path and is using every, every tiny bit of awareness they have to know, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And that's the path I've been on. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you it is the most difficult because it's terrifying. It's so much easier (laughs) to see the trees and go, okay, I can guarantee that if I take this path, I get there. That surrender into yes, no, yes, no, one moment to the next, breath by breath, you know, trusting the heart, trusting you don't have the answers, but you kind of do. When you, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now. Honestly, Melanie, looking back, I could have never, like if I I could have never planned where I am now. I could have never created a plan to get where I am now because it is so much more profound and magical than anything I would have ever set out for myself. Spirit's plan for me was so much bigger, you know, than any idea I could have had. And that only came from not having a plan and just trusting yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And it's terrifying. It's still terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it seems to be fueled by that devotion, that part of when you, that energy of sitting upright and the, the chest lifting, that devotion and the courage to be devoted yeah. Yeah. 100%. You you just nailed it. And that's that's the place that you come back to when you're afraid is I trust my I trust love. Hmm. I trust I trust love. And I'm devoted to being in love. And so tell tell us a little bit in the book you do this nice thing uh you know where your partner has reflections throughout the book on his point of view and his experience of what, what the previous chapter was talking about in specific terms to your relationship, which is nice. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about how he relates to this relates to you or sources your 
that yes, no, um, omega in the daily life, like outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Well, this is what I want for every, what I call awakened woman. To me, the awakened woman is a woman who is asking herself these questions, who's looking to be awake, you know? And when you're an awakened woman, you become so connected to your intuition. And when you begin trusting your intuition, you become fiercely devoted to it. And I want every woman to have a man who is as devoted to that intuition as she is. And that's the way Justin and I are. He trusts my intuition Hmm. as if it's his own. So he's listening for my yes, no, like I was his oracle. Hmm. I mean, they used to climb and go see the oracle of Delphi because they trusted her channel. What if your man trusted your channel and that became one of the guiding forces? That's the Omega spotlight. And then what Justin provides is the diamond mind of clarity because I'm in the trees, because I can't see the forest. I have this intuition and I can't make heads or tails of it except yes, no, or I have a sense that this is coming and I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I'm strongly feeling X. What's so beautiful about this sacred partnership is that I bring that. And then Justin, who is the hawk, looking at the forest, takes that seriously, goes into the diamond mine of clarity and then cuts through the chaos and says, London, this is what you're sensing. And this is the truth here. And we're constantly doing this together. So he's bringing, you know, let me just give you a very, very concrete example. So you're in a very difficult position in this interview because you and I are like going into these omega doorways together (laughs) and you're feeling it in your body as much as I'm feeling it in mine. And then you have to come back and ask another question, right? Which is alpha. So you're just being like jerked between two (laughs) worlds right now. (laughs) I mean, that's what's happening to you. That, you know, that one question you were like, oh, I'm trying to make words. Well, you're being pushed between two spaces. And what sacred partnership would represent is, you know, you would go into those energies and you don't need to come out, but you have someone else standing there witnessing making sense and asking the next question. And so you're doing it together. Mm. And this is really what it means two bodies becoming one. Mm. You know, awakened to the wisdom of Omega, awakened to the wisdom of Alpha, together serving a greater purpose for humanity. That's what a relationship could be in the modern age. Mm. That's what, you know, worldwide awakening could look like. It's not, we're not choosing it between Alpha and Omega anymore. We're merging the wisdom of both and we're offering each other the freedom to cultivate these realms to the highest degree. Well, that is a beautiful vision. I will take that. So I just, I've asked everyone I've spoken with to give a specific piece of advice to women and girls on the spiritual path. And your, all of your work is that very specific, but just in terms of what we spoke about today, is there some place, something that you would offer as a place to start 
for women and girls on the spiritual path? I would. Oh, we don't have role models. The spiritual world has been run in alpha. My advice to every woman and girl is carve your own path. Be brave. You know, trust your wisdom. Listen to the oracle that lives within, within you. And allow yourself to create the practices that awaken you. Don't need it to come from someone else because we are the generation that are creating it. And every one of us has a voice that counts because the nature of nature is that it's infinitely varied. Like if you look at nature, there's not one leaf that's misplaced or one flower that is misplaced. And that's how we as women are. Each one of us has a voice that matters in this symphony of Omega. And so I would just, I would just encourage each and every woman on this planet to invent new practices that show us what this Omega path looks like. It's up to us. No one's going to do it for us. Well, that is super inspiring. And I feel that we could talk for many, many hours, but for this time i'm going to uh i'm going to close on that inspiring two pieces of inspiring advice please everyone do go to the shakti hour page at beherenownetwork.com where you will find links to london's website and to purchase her books and i'm sure she has uh, book events and things coming up to support this new release so get on her mailing list and get ready for that and thank you so much for your time, London. It was wonderful to speak with you. Oh, I enjoyed it so much. I really appreciate your questions and the, and the voice you're representing. It's so exciting. Thank you. From Ram Dass to Sharon Salzberg, Be Here Now Network is home to over 17 amazing podcasts. But we can't do it without your continued support. Donate at BeHereNowNetwork.com slash fundraiser to receive an exclusive gift and help us continue to deliver over five fresh podcasts each week.